welcome to GameSpot After Dark, episode 38, GameSpot's official video game podcast. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and joining me this week is Callie Plaguey. Hello. Jean-Luc Seipke. Hi. And Tamor Hussein. Let me outside. <laughs> no, the don't, people? don't let him outside. Don't let him outside. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, other than being trapped, how y'all doing? Yeah, it's really hot. I believe lately. the term is broadly fine. <laughs> yeah, like generally, fine. the sun is shining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's yeah. It is It is nice outside. Can't go too far outside. but You know what? Video game sales are up. We are experts in the field that is most sought after right now. <laughs> um, video games are good. Yeah. Life is peachy. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you got a pop filter because that would have hit really hard. <laughs> Well, actually, I guess you should. You mean yeah, you should explain your pop filter. (laughs) I'll show it to the camera. So there's a. I was explaining this to everyone. Um, in our area, there's a. (laughs) There's like a a couple, a bandit couple that is stealing Amazon packages from various apartments, and they got us good, and they stole my pop filter. So um, I've had to reorder a new one. In the meantime, I've just stuck three of my socks on my. Which, I hope they're clean socks. Oh, they're very clean. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've I've designated these as pop filter socks now, so I don't wear them. Okay. Wait. So you have three socks though? What are you doing with that extra so sock? I have just... a I have I have a washing machine that is I'm pretty sure is sentient and is eating like one sock per wash cycle. Because okay. every time I do it, I I come out and I'm like, there's one sock missing always. So this is one of the uh, rogue socks, or three of the rogue socks. Yeah, th- three of them. That's so. a good way to put those forlorn orphan socks. Yeah, I'm, I've given you. them new purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you'll just have to get rid of them, I guess. Once, well, you can pair two of them up and get rid of one once you get your actual pop filter. Never. Or you mm-hmm. could make puppets. Yeah, you could you make go. sock puppets. I'll just frame it and like put it up as like COVID pop filter, like a <laughs> memorial. <laughs> <laughs> well. Anyway, uh, Tamor, do you want to kick it off? What have you been playing this week or watching? So I am on a intense come down from Final Fantasy VII review. Mm-hmm. Um, and by come down, I mean like I'm still playing it, but it's it kind of is a bit drug-ish where I'm like, I should stop this, but I still need a hit of it. Um, so I keep going back to do... So I've completed it a second time. Um, I had a... I had a save that was like midway through the game that I picked up and just went from there again. Um, and now I was doing bits and pieces just to kind of wrap up uh, any essential stuff. There's a few extra bosses that you can fight and that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of weaning myself off of Final Fantasy VII as much as, much as possible. Um, other than that, I'll return to Doom Eternal. Um, I, there's something about that game that just isn't clicking with me. I really, I'm playing on Xbox One, um, so already I'm like on the back foot because I don't feel super comfortable playing that game with a controller. However, I do have the Elite. What, what's it? What's the new Elite called? Like Elite uh, Pro, Elite 2. Pro Two. Yeah, something like that. I've got that, um, and that's Ow, helping. <laughs> that's helping, <laughs> but I think if this game just, it's like the very definition of overstays its welcome in every regard. Like to me, like it doesn't feel short and sharp, exciting like the the first reboot did in terms of its skirmishes. The missions go on for far too long, and there's a lot of what feels like padding in it. But when the combat happens, I'm so into it, 
And then I realized, oh, it's just, I'm going to have to do this other stuff that I don't really care about. I don't mind the platforming, but I'm just like, I just want to shoot things. And then like the missions seem to go on for like an hour at a time. And then the stuff in between where it's like, come back to your ship and customize. I'm like, I feel like you guys missed the point here. <laughs> I feel, you feel, this should be like, this was like John Wick in its execution the first time. Like every scene is short, sharp, like has a punch. And they've turned it into like some really arduous. It feels like the Matrix now where it's like trying to over explain everything. And it's forgotten that it was just about <laughs> shooting guns and dodging bullets. And, like, and cool. you're staying within the, the Keanu. Keanu and, yeah. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like it's just every time I play, it, I'm like, I'll do a couple of skirmishes. And I'm just like, I don't want to sit for another half an hour in this one mission. I kind of, I'm done. It's like, I'm forcing myself to go back to it. I do so it's want, go on. It, it's weird because what you're describing is what I was worried that what would happen with Doom Eternal, at least for me. But when I actually played it, I thought that each of the missions were like really interesting. I had a lot of fun learning all the weapons mm. that for me, I like Doom Eternal a lot more than the original because mm. I feel like there is far less padding yeah not that there was a lot of padding in the original doom i will say the stuff in your ship like i didn't do any of that i immediately just started a new mission mm. um but i think another reason that i enjoyed it too was that i like only played one level a day so i never really like od'd mm. on anything maybe that's a good way to approach it because i do like the other thing is like i'm these days i'm more aware of time than and i hate that i'm doing that and i'm sure it's the same for you guys but like I can't switch off the internal clock in my in my gaming sessions anymore. Like I used to be able to sit in front of a you know, in front of a game and just be like, I'm just gonna start playing and then I'll look at the time, I was like, Wow, seven hours have gone by. These days I'm like, I can feel every minute pass and I'm aware of it and I'm constantly like, Is this the best use of my time currently? Like in terms of game playing, like am I having fun right now? Oh, like you should be like I I'd grind in an RPG for hours and hours and on end and for some games, I do that, but I think there's something about the way Doom plays that it's just like I can feel my internal clock ticking and I'm constantly thinking, could I be playing something else that is more consistently and immediately more rewarding to me? Um, but I think I'll carry on playing it just because I, I feel like I haven't also given it enough time to get into a groove. Um, and like, How once far you, are you hit, I'm like maybe three or four missions in. Okay. Um, not that far. But I do like the combat, um, and I like a lot of like the the kind of skirmishes they set up and the the thinking that you have to do in the actual like movement and switching weapons and collecting ammo that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so I'll probably stick with that. And then beyond that, I've been rewatching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because why not? Good, good anime. It's one of Jake's favorite. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for someone to respond with full metal alchemist but no one did. <laughs> full metal alchemist full metal alchemist full metal um, alchemist yeah so i've been rewatching that just because it's amazing and i've like i've over the years i watch an episode or a scene here or there but i've just been a while since i've done a full rewatch so i'm doing that now and then um i watched a movie yesterday uh with my roommate called confessions um so like we take it week uh, week by week like I'll pick a movie, she'll pick a, mo pick a movie, and then we watch it. Um, and this week one was my pick, Confessions. Have you ever heard of this? Mm -mm. So it's this Japanese movie, which is a roller coaster ride. Every time I show it to someone, their immediate first words are, 
what the fuck <laughs> does is this the movie that has a song by tom york in it last flowers yes okay okay because i yes. i remember the the reason i know this is because it was years ago when you showed it to lucy and she posted on her instagram that she was listening to that song a lot yep and i was like i was like i love that song and no one knows about that song because it's a rare radiohead b-side and she was like, oh, yeah, it's in this movie Tamor showed us. Yep, that's and the movie. Like, what the hell? <laughs> that's the only Thom York song I know. So, uh, <laughs> Thom York? Yeah, I call him Thom York. Uh, and like, um, it's also got like uh, the start of an XX song. So it like almost samples one of the XX songs in it. But the movie is basically about this teacher who has a young child. Um, she brings the child to school one day and the child is killed. Um, and she f- figures out that students in her class are um, responsible for it. So, and they they're like they don't understand the and the, the a core conceit is the Japanese penal code basically forgives minors for literally any crime. So if you're in Japan, I believe it's still the case you can commit murder as long as you're underneath a certain age, you won't be prosecuted for it. And she is like, I've lost my child. And she still wants revenge. And so what she does is, this is going to sound real weird and real extreme, but it works within the movie. Um, she's She infects two of those kids. They At the start of the uh, each class, they give like juice boxes, milk boxes to each kid, just to like, as a part of health thing. She infects two of them with HIV and has the kids drink them and then says, two of those... Two of those were infected. You know who you are. Now you get to learn the value of life. And it's just about these kids, the mental state of these kids unraveling. And it is a trip. It is, it's like, it is, it is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I love it. And it is a, it is a, a mindfuck of a movie, but it's also got like a message to it. And it's like kind of the cruelty of children, how screwed up the Japanese penal code system is, um, the value of life. And also it's like a revenge movie in the, in the way, like, you know, there's, it's, it's not uplifting, but you feel kind of on her side. Cause you're like, yeah, these kids are, are assholes. I hate them all. Um, it's got like death note vibes to it. It's got like monster vibes to it. It's, it's one of my favorite films of all time. And like the, the, my roommate, Chastity, who, who you may know um, from GameSpot Universe, is had the same reaction that Lucy and the GameSpot UK team had when I showed them. And they, that was, they went, what the fuck? <laughs> and then we're like, that was insane. That was amazing. Um, but yeah, I believe it's called um, Confessions in Europe and US, Western Territories. And in Japan, it might be called like, confessions of moriguchi or moriguchi's confessions but because it's just that's a teacher's name but highly recommend it very difficult to find these days sadly it's not streaming anywhere but if you can figure out a way of getting it um (laughs) i uh i uh encourage you to watch it it's 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 what it's a very unique film and it from the moment it starts you're gripped first time i watched it i watched it and then i felt like i hadn't like no time has passed and i immediately watched it again um it's that kind of film that's like really it's the definition of like gripping from the outset tomorrow you should do a a viewing party on the GameSpot discord (laughs) yeah i would watch this i mean i would be well up for it we could even also do it like speed zone fridays (laughs) yeah 
Um, Callie, what about you? What have you been up to? Well, speaking of Death Note, actually, (laughs) um, my brother and I made my mom watch Death Note with us. So um, my mom is not totally new to anime. My mom actually was the one who, like, got me to watch the Pokemon anime, for example. But she's also seen a couple shows, including Food Wars, which is, like, probably on the upper end of, like, extreme capital A anime. So she's, like, prepared but um, my brother's really into Death Note, and I'd actually never seen the anime. I've only read the manga, so we did like a Death Note watch. Um, it was just on Netflix, and it was fun for me because I, you know, like I'm familiar with the Death Note music, but hearing it in context was really cool. Um, just with scenes I'm familiar with, the music is really like <laughs> creepy and weird, and also, um, especially like towards the end of the show, um, the when you hearing people's voices as certain events transpire is really uh powerful the animation isn't great though i would say like the animation is not great mid-2000s whatever but um it was fun my mom hates misa so much yeah everyone hates me i really like misa i like misa too there's actually a character in confessions who reminds me exactly of misa and like She's not roller skating or blonde, but like it's basically the same character. And like there's also a character in the movie that's basically like. Um, oh my God. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, light. <laughs> just like, so that's fun. And I actually told my brother that the next thing we should watch, which um, he hasn't seen, is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So I think we're going to do that next. But I was also nice. thinking. I was trying to like recommend shows that maybe he would like to watch after Death Note because he's he's only watched a couple anime like Death Note. He likes One Punch Man. So I was like, what if we watched like Psychopaths or Ooh. or even like Death Parade, which I really really like. Death Parade, Death Parade is great. Um, so that's what I'm up to. I'm still playing Animal Crossing, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I think like time. I definitely feel time differently right now. Animal Crossing really grounds me in like the days passing and makes days feel like segmented, whereas they could really blend together right now. And I am trying to spend more time outside, like in the yard. Um, so my parents have a have a yard, um, which I never had growing up, and I don't have in the Bay Area. So I'm just kind of taking advantage of having the thing I always dreamed of having as a child, I guess. Um, cause we can't really walk the dogs right now because the, the one that can, the healthy one broke his leg. Mm. So I'm just, I just sit outside now and watch as people go by and I'm like, wow, you guys are really like outside, huh? <laughs> That's what I'm up to. I just want oh. to give a shout out to Isabel for letting us know what day it is every day. <laughs> Love that. Um, I also watched the follow-up thing for Tiger King, which was kind of, it was weird. Joel McHale hosts like interviews with people who were in Tiger King. Is, is it the Netflix one that they added? Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Every, every, uh, media site has been like, everyone is trying to get people from Tiger King on their podcast, on their night show, whatever it is. Whenever I scroll through YouTube, all my recommendeds are like this character who showed up in one episode for 10 minutes is now on this and you can hear the untold the real untold story of tiger king and it's just like 
all right, Netflix hit, and now you guys are trying to you guys are trying to copy the success. If we could have one character or person from Tiger King on this podcast, who would it be? Saf. <laughs> I respect that. I think Saf would fit in. Yeah. Good hair. Yeah. Which one's Saf again? Saf is the one who got his arm ripped off. Oh, okay, okay. And just turned off for work the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Jean-Luc, what have you been up to? Uh... <laughs> I've been uh, hard on that JRPG train post Final Fantasy. I feel like um, <laughs> I I have like a, a like a group chat with um, Ben Janka and, and Michael Heim and Matt Spinelli, and we are all just like simultaneously playing like seven different JRPGs at once uh, <laughs> right now. So like I think like Ben's playing like Final Fantasy Crisis Core uh michael's playing like final fantasy 13 um he's playing final fantasy 13 crisis core and 7 remake at the same time yeah and soccer uh wars and soccer was yeah that man Michael. yes that man is that man is playing literally like seven games at yeah, once where is he finding all these like micro between all the hours that we I know exist i have no idea he just doesn't sleep yeah uh, so I'm not going that hard, but I have made like a list now because I, I think like eventually I'm playing, I'm replaying Final Fantasy with my girlfriend um, and having a great time. Like, uh, like you, I, I didn't think I'd, I, I figured I'd maybe be like a little bored playing it a second time. Like totally not. It's so good. Like I'm, I'm more than happy to play it again. Um, I think I'm going to play the original after uh, that just because of um, like, I want that, that context, you know? I feel like now's the right time to do it. You should play eight. I I, I would also like to play eight. Uh, eight, is, eight is like, <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty good at pegging. Oh my God. <laughs> no, continue. Yeah, what were you saying? <laughs> what was that? The pause, what? the pause did not help. My brain was like... <laughs> Um, I feel like I'm pretty good at identifying what Final Fantasies people would like. I think you would like eight quite a bit because of how weird it is. Um, Probably would. And uh, you and Ben, especially, I peg you oh, yeah, as yeah. eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, title. <laughs> I, I actually, um, I have been playing Final Fantasy VII. I stopped the 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 original one. I stopped when I made it out of Midgar. Mm. Um, but I saw all of that took around five or six hours or so, mm. but I was really enjoying that. Uh, and then I stopped because I'm trying to decide if I want to wait for final fantasy seven two and do that before I continue final fantasy seven original. Uh, we'll see, but I took a, but I took a break from that and I actually started playing Chrono Trigger, which I don't have on nice. my list, uh, for the first time, but I'm like three hours in or so I'm not super far, but still, what do you think of it? So far, I'm really enjoying it. The, 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 the one thing that's driving me crazy is that the directional inputs in battle don't always work where I want to go. Like I'll, I'll like want to attack a character to the left and it'll go down or something like that. Mm, and it'll all yeah. aim at the wrong character. I think part of it is because I'm playing with a uh, control stick. Like I'm and it's just, it, right. it's not as good as if I was using a D pad, which I should switch to, but my brain is always, it's hard to do that. Mm. Mm. Um, but so far I'm really enjoying it. I feel like I haven't played enough of it, but, uh, I thought the court scene was really clever. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that was the moment where I was like, okay, I see why people were freaking out about this game. Yeah. Oh, like, just you wait. Oh man. Yeah. yeah you, that's what I hear. I hear it gets like, like, like tease of what is going to happen. 
Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Um, how, how cool is that intro sequence, though? The intro sequence is really good. It's pretty good. Yeah. If you like that, you should watch Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the music is so good as well. Like, I love that game so much. Which, which? Uh, sorry, I mean, you might have said, which platform are you playing it on? PC Steam, which I hear is not great, but it's apparently fine. they've patched it to make it better. I wish I could play on DS because I got it on DS, um, but I don't have my DS with me or the game. Because to more, what's oh, that? Sorry, I was I was going to ask. Do you guys know uh, which translation is on the PC version? Is it the original or is it the DS translation? I, I think it's the original. Yeah. Okay. I think that's so. the one I prefer. Well, I, I think they updated it as well. Like they might, it might have been changed since it came out. Because I remember it came out and people were like, "What?" i'm a weird purist where because they retranslated it for the ds version it's technically Mm. a better translation but i love the original snes translation because like frog talks in like old english yeah and uh like i there's just it's something really charming about it that like even though the ds one's like technically better i'm just like nah i want i want that og Mm. translation um fun fact one time I went to a conference in college about, um, I went to like a talk about uh, localization for Japanese games and like queer history. Just bear with me for a second. It oh, was about how Chrono Trigger, I, I mean, the character's name is spelled Flea. I don't know if anybody pronounces it differently. Right. But that character in the original Japanese is like, a very effeminate man, I think, or there's like a, there's a problematic trans thing going on, Hmm. but it was so hard to translate into English because of the way Japanese has like feminine sentence Hmm. markers. Like there's, there's certain ways to speak that just, you can't translate really. Hmm. And so that complicated how that character's gender was presented in the localization. So I'm curious if that's different in the DS translation versus the original translation. I haven't played Chrono Trigger, but I just thought that was interesting linguistically because there's difficult things you can't localize. So when John, John like when you brought up the different translations, that's what made me think of it. Like, mm. oh, I wonder if the translations were about like localizing it just to add a better, better translation or modernizing it as well but. are you uh kylie are you familiar with legends of localization yes uh they're a fantastic resource for like mm-hmm. cool little tidbits like that like talking about subtle changes in like translation and they they go um all in the guy uh uh mato i think is how you say their name um they're famous for doing like the fan translation of mother three i believe mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like there, if if you're someone who like finds that fascinating, like the differences between localization and like changes, I highly recommend checking out uh, their website where they just like post a ton of stuff and they've done like uh, full like books they've published on like Zelda and and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, I just find it so interesting. Also, did you know that in Animal Crossing, Sahara and Gracie Grace are originally male in the original Japanese Animal Crossing? Ooh. Oh wow. Oh, do you know what I was thinking about the other day, Callie? This is very specific to me and Callie, but <laughs> this isolation thing happened as the month or the month of us, we were supposed to re-enroll in Japanese classes. And we have been talking <laughs> about enrolling in Japanese classes at the school yeah. in San Francisco 
forever and we were going to do it in the fall but we were like that's that's like big game season we won't be able yeah. to go to class or study so we were like okay spring it's our time yeah. so. all right well let's keep moving along here uh, jean-luc what else have you been <laughs> have you- all right let's talk about all right shut up nerds. let's move along yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah i've been playing uh jrpgs i got back into final fantasy 14 a little bit i'm very slowly trucking along in that I'm, I'm i finally got to like a different area I, i'm still in that uh that realm reborn stuff so it's 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 getting better but it's still fairly dry but i'm i feel more motivated to get through it now um because i've like in feeling this like passion for final fantasy now because of a uh, seven remake uh otherwise i've been playing persona 5 royal which i don't really have anything else to say because i feel like we keep talking about it every week other than like it's really it's so good uh <laughs> you know what it, it was me and georgia when we started it we were thinking like we were kind of nervous that we would be sort of a little bored of it because we're like uh you know we played the other one and it's gonna it is gonna be kind of repeating a lot of elements nah man that game still hits that game still hits real hard when it's when it's on point especially the the uh first i think the first arc of that game is unfortunately probably the best arc in my opinion like I, the kamashita stuff is it's really messed up and really like hard to get through but i also think it's like so well done and mm. feels so personal in a way that the rest of the game never quite hits again kind of intentionally like because the whole point of that game is like the the targets that the phantom thieves are hitting like escalate over time yeah. and and that's kind of the point of it but because of that like when it doesn't feel as personal or, or like as uh y- you don't feel quite that like level of like hatred for like the the ceo of a burger joint the way you do for like your school's gym teacher who is abusing his students um yeah, there's something really very hatred for a ceo <laughs> I mean, well, there's something I mean, like, more personal and the risky. normal average hatred. You know? I know, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you can hate Jeff Bezos, but if you knew there was like someone in your building that was like abusing your friends, it'd be a different kind of hate. Yeah. Or totally. stealing your packages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that game just <laughs> really comes out of the gate swinging. It's so strong. And, and not to like diminish the rest of the game, like it's still so good. Uh, but like, yeah, I'm. Oof. I'm gonna create a Persona Five clone that's for like local crimes, like people <laughs> stealing packages. We've got to go inside the yes. palace and change their. Oh, my, oh my god! Absolutely! Yeah. Holy crap! Yes. Someone playing like all my neighbor who's build, who builds furniture at one a.m. in the morning. Got to go into his palace and change his heart. The guy the who uh, thieves. The guy who microwaves fish in the microwave in the office. Yeah, in the office. You got to go, go change their heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, other than that, I've been playing. Uh, I've been replaying Resident Evil Four for a feature um, I'm working on, uh, which is sort of like related to the remake. Kind of like what what we'd like to, how we'd like a remake to do. So I'm just replaying that. Uh, that game's still super good. Uh, that game holds up incredibly well. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't know what I have to say about Resident Evil Four. That hasn't been said like a billion times on the internet. Other than uh, it's Resident Evil Four and I still think that game has some of like the the cheesiest dialogue. Like I, every line in that game, I remember so well. Not just like the shopkeeper, but like all of Leon's stupid one-liners. 
the like there, there's uh there's a part when you meet uh salazar who's the like uh the dude who like owns the castle he's like the like napoleon looking character and uh he says something to the effect of like oh like i'm you know i'm here to like he he basically gives like a villain speech and then leon just goes no way bro (laughs) 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 i forgot just like how much of that game is is um just like Leon channeling like this weird dorky, like he's like a dorky solid snake. Yeah. It's like what they're going for in that game. It's just so good. Uh, and I'm the one thing, like if they're going to do a remake of that game, uh, they need to keep that. Like you need to keep that just like campy, almost like grindhouse type of energy that that game has. Mm. It's so good. It's like, it's like if this was a movie, he'd be played by Mark Wahlberg just because of how like, he can do secret agent, but also can is mostly a goof and an idiot. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. I'm trying to think of like, yeah. yeah. Where's the zombies? Where the zombies at? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> uh, yeah, that game's great. Uh, and <laughs> that's about it. I don't have anything else. Um, Wait, oh, hold on. Sorry, you've got Guitar Hero on here, oh, a game I that probably play. no one's talked about in years. <laughs> and you you talked okay. about all these other games that weren't on here, but you haven't talked about Guitar Hero. At least okay, give me okay. like one sentence. Okay. So, uh, uh, Georgia has been my girlfriend has been itching to play Guitar Hero. She like grew up playing as a kid, like played it all on expert. She's been itching to get back into it. Uh, before everything went down, when I went to PAX. Uh, it, it, if you've ever been to a PAX, they, they uh, like local um, like uh, retro game shops will like have booths there that you can go and like buy retro games from. And I saw they had Guitar Hero, so I picked up a couple of Guitar Hero games for her. And then she ordered a uh, guitar, which just arrived uh, last Sunday. So she has been playing through all of the Guitar Hero games. Um, I actually haven't been playing myself. I've just been watching her play on Expert. And being like, wow, you're so good at this. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is wow. great because like, <laughs> like, oh, wow. <laughs> Play green grass and high tides on expert for me. Ooh. There's that one um, TikTok of that lady who just keeps seeing George Washington stand up. And she's like, George, what are you doing in my shower? Wow. <laughs> Or like the Kakashi. Yeah. That one's my favorite. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been really it's actually just been a ton of fun like watching her play, like listening to some old like classic rock. It makes me really want to play rock band again. Um <laughs> Kelly, you made a face, I feel like. <laughs> you okay? Nothing. <laughs> I feel like I what? I've an idea. No, nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but no, I, I, I used to have Rock Band and I got rid of it a while ago. I mean, it, that was way back in Vermont. I wouldn't have it here anyway, but it, man, it really makes me want to like go to eBay or something and, and order uh, like a Rock Band drum set and play it in this. You got to do something. If, if I'm going to be stuck in here, might as well uh, mm. learn how to master every song in Rock Band on Expert. Do you through on the drums. fire and flames? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, we're not, we're we're about done with two, and we're gonna move on to three. I thought two had the best track list, but I looking at the list, two. it's actually three. I think three has no. the better stuff. Oh. Hmm. Three's got some some bangers. 
I'd have to look again. I remember always just waiting for like a Led Zeppelin rock band, but it never happened because Led Zeppelin was well, like, no, nah, we're not going to sell out to you. They do not license their music. I can name like three movies that have ever had Zeppelin songs in them. Well, the weird thing, I, I never played Rock Band 1, or not Rock Band 1, uh, Guitar Hero 1. I, it makes sense now, but I, I didn't know about it. Most of those songs are covers in the yep. original game. Because <laughs> like, cause, uh, there was one in particular that um, like it started playing, and I was like, this sounds just slightly off like the vocalists just sound not quite right uh because i remember that being a big thing with like rock band i think they were like most of the tracks were masters or something like that but anyway that's cool it's uh yeah that's what happens when you're isolated you you break out uh the plastic guitars again yeah <laughs> i wish i had my dj hero deck and i wish dj hero still oh. existed oh what a game <laughs> underrated uh well i've been playing more fallout 76 i don't know what else to say about it like i'm having fun with it but it's the wastelanders update doesn't add as much as I, well it adds a good amount it just doesn't really change things as much as i hoped uh there's still lots of bugs uh it it is fun exploring that world uh i have a video that should be out before the end of the week uh that you can check out if you want to if you're curious about maybe jumping back in that video is probably a good place to start but yeah i don't know that was it's kind of been what I've been spending most of my time on and it hasn't been like uh, it, it hasn't been, I haven't had a bad time. Like I've been having fun, but it also kind of like what Tamora was saying about like, should I really be spending my time doing this? Like, is there something else I could be doing other than this? And I guess the answer is no. Cause I was making a video, but at the same time it was like, yeah, there's so many other things I'd rather be playing right now. That being said, I did enjoy my time with it. But the other thing that I have been playing here and there, which I cannot talk a lot about um, due to embargo restrictions, but I can say that I've been playing it, uh, which is Gears Tactics. Uh, the review should be up early next week. Um, not by me, by someone else, but I've been playing a good amount. And all I'll say is that I am surprised by how much I'm enjoying it. Um, Cause I gotta be vague other than that. But uh, yeah, I think, I think people who well, I guess there's a new XCOM, XCOM game coming out soon, too. Yeah, I love that yeah. they were like, Gears uh, yeah. Tactics is it? Release the XCOM. <laughs> <laughs> like, I... I for, Gears is a little more straightforward. It's still really hard. Um, but, I, yeah, like I said, I don't want to say too much, but I think people who enjoy Gears will probably enjoy... Who enjoy Gears and tactical games will probably really enjoy this game. Fans of the genre. <laughs> fans of the genre yeah correct so, um, can you do an like a edit of the XCOM Chimera Squad art but with Nina <laughs> wow wait what <laughs> oh my lord <laughs> oh new <Nita>. time <laughs> I'm confused full metal alchemist <laughs> Here. There's been too much anime in this episode. <laughs> too much anime. Let's I think, talk like, about before, something before else. Move on, like, I think everyone um, like, rightly goes to the Nina thing, but the, the, the chimera, the bird chimera, earlier in the season, that is as fucked up. The one that's like, was it, what was her name? Ro- Rose? Rose? I forget. Where they transmute, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a bird. Oh, the, impersonating her boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That one is like as awful. Anime. Anime. All right, 
let's get into the news this week. There's not a whole lot, uh, but we're going to start with two big new updates that came out. Mario Maker is out today, Wednesday, and Animal Crossing will be out tomorrow, Thursday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, both are out, and you can mess around with them both. But the Mario Maker one seems pretty cool. You can now create worlds and then place your levels in those worlds, and people can go through them. Uh, honestly, I haven't played much Mario Maker since it came out. But what I think we're all pretty excited for here is the Animal Crossing update. Callie, did you want to break down what's new in that and what we can expect? Sure. So um, the trailer for the April update detailed a number of new features and events. So uh, the first one is Nature Day, which was hinted at before, and that's um, related to Leaf coming to the game. Um, So, wow, I should really back up, though. So there's two new Two new visitors, Leaf, the uh, gardening sloth, and then Jolly Red, formerly Crazy Red, who is selling art once again. With Jolly Red coming, that will unlock a new wing to the museum. So there's a museum upgrade, and then there's also Nature Day, which is related to Leaf, uh, where there's like special Nook Miles events um, and other things tied to the earth. Leaf also brings with him shrubs, a much requested feature. So people are pretty excited about that. So that's like the immediate stuff that's happening. And then there's May Day starting on May 1st, which there was a hint of Rover actually coming back to the game. And then there's International Museum Day, which has this very Japanese like stamp collecting thing where you go through the museum, it gets stamps and you get rewards. And then there's wedding season, which I love because <laughs> it's so random. And uh, you get to go to Harv's Island and set up photo shoots for Reese and Cyrus's anniversary. So the takeaway from all of that, one takeaway from all of that is that a number of returning characters have been confirmed. So Leaf, Red, Rover is like soft confirmed, but you definitely see him. And then Reese and Cyrus, where they don't have retail, they're old furniture refurbishing, flea market kind of building, but they are in the game. And that was one thing I was like, it'd be really cool if Reese and Cyrus could like edit the colors of furniture that you couldn't customize yourself. Like how we're all like, please trade me for the cotton candy stall that isn't this color because it's not in my game. Um, but so I'm like, okay, t- a, a Reese and Cyrus potential. But um, that's events basically that covers through June. So that's a lot of upcoming events that were revealed um, and new features. And the art, he still sells forgeries. So you have to check out whether they're real or not. And he shows up on your secret beach. So there's actually a purpose of that beach, which is cool. I'm excited. So uh, I, I, I mean, I think we all kind of knew that they'd be adding a lot of these characters back in as time progresses and with updates. But to actually see them was really, oh no, what keeps happening? lost cam i'll continue anyway uh but to actually see red back there and to see leaf and to even see rover back in the corner was really exciting which i'm so excited to see what rover does too because rover always has such an instrumental role in previous animal crossing games like getting you set up or just helping out with certain things uh so it was weird not to see him right away but now that he's in it i'm curious what he's gonna do i'm still holding out for brewster though brewster and and the coffee shop are what i want the most I bet because there's, it seems like they're they're reticent to add new buildings from what you already have. So I feel like you'd run out of space pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that if there was a cafe, it would return to being inside the museum like it was in Wild World. Yeah. Um, so according to the data mines, that's what 
that's what is being alluded to. Like there'll mm-hmm. be two upgrades to the museum. One is for the art thing, and then one is for uh, red. They they are data lead, they are data mined. So I mean, you know, one is for art, and one is for Brewster. Or yeah, one is for Brewster. They are data they are data mined, so they may not be true, but like. But a lot of it has yeah. been true based on this recent trailer. So the stuff that is confirmed is that one museum upgrade. So we don't know what's after that. Um, but the interesting thing about Rover and him being in the May Day section of that trailer is that in Pocket Camp, so in like other animal, like main Animal Crossing games, Rover like was the one who asked you your name and the name of the town you were going to and did that like kind of intake questioning on the train or whatever transport. In Wild World, he actually wasn't doing that. Captain was doing that, but hmm. after that he did. But um, in Pocket Camp, Rover was more of a merchant and he hosted the... I think it's garden safari events where you catch seasonal bugs that aren't in normal animal crossing games. So they're for mobile and um, plant specific seasonal flowers that don't exist normally in animal crossing games and you get Rover furniture. So there's a, there's potential for him to be more of a, like actually roving (laughs) and like doing, doing things in your game as like an event related in a, in an event related capacity. So Mayday was kind of vague. It was basically like you go on a special Mayday tour to an island that's not like the other deserted islands and there it was like a hedge maze and there were items in the hedge maze and then rovers in the corner. Um, so I'm interested to see if like rover like dishes out the prizes or is somewhere this otherwise related in some way. So but yeah. I'm excited because like that's a lot of stuff planned and a lot of new features rolling out and like it was just events for June. Like who's to say there's not through June. So who's to say there's not more um, new features or other updates coming in the interim. I'm just really excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, next story we have here is Xbox series X logo trademark to more. Do you want to talk about this? Cause I imagine you're the one who added it. <laughs> yeah, I added it. Not much to say about it other than it's there. Like they, they trademarked an actual logo and it has like Series X on it instead of just the standard Xbox logo. Um, looks kind of like an off-brand sports apparel thing, but um, whatever. I mean, that's pretty much it if you want to see what uh, the potential. So they sometimes just like trademark a bunch of logos just in case. So this might not. I look at it and I'm like, some people are into it and I'm like, cool. But to me, it looks very inelegant. It looks quite like, like I said, like a sports brand thing, or even a, a um, like a d- deodorant almost. <laughs> it um, does look like a deodorant. Yeah. Um. So like, I I do wonder if this is one of like many that they they're like trademarking just in case. Um. If it does end up being this, you can do better than that, Microsoft. Um. <laughs> but whatever. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, those are all the news stories we plan to talk about on this week. So we're going to move over to listener questions. And if you've got questions, you can email us, email us at afterdarkpodcast.gamespot.com or you can join our Discord. Uh, if you'd like to do that, please send, uh, you can either email us or you can send myself, Jean-Luc, pretty much any of us a DM on Twitter and we'll get you in there as soon as we can. Um, but it's a good community so far and a lot of people have been asking some really good questions. Uh mm-hmm. Do you want to take this first one, Callie? Sure. This is... This is from Triceratops. Uh, okay. I, it, it's in the wrong section. 
This is from Triceratops on Discord. What is the best opening gameplay of any game? Mine would have to be Zelda Breath of the Wild. Ex oh, exiting, not exciting. Exiting that cave to see the landscape ready to be explored gave me goosebumps. We were literally talking about this earlier. In Slack. We were, Slack. and I, I had picked this question before, and then I was like, oh, I wonder if someone pulled that from the the um, GameSpot Discord, but I didn't see any reference to it, so I was like, huh, interesting. No, I think it was a coincidence, which is really weird that we were having this conversation in GameSpot Slack today. Um, I don't know. This is a hard one for me. I basically... Okay. I was just going to say uh, what I said in Slack, which is Mass Effect 2 is is like the one that always stands out to me yeah. that that just that intro with the normandy getting destroyed it's so like oh because you just you're watching all the people that you like built that relationship with over like that course of that first game and it's oh it's so good it like it really just gets you like invested immediately out of the out of the gate i was gonna say oblivion i think that's like the first game I can think of that does that thing where it's like you start in this very narrow passageway and then you open the door and you open the exit and then there's just this like Breath of the Wild, there's just this big world in front of you and you just, the, the, the possibilities seem endless and there's so many games that have copied that, like, I mean, not copied it, but like so many games do that as well now. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, I just remember being so impressed when I first saw that. I thought you were going to say the, the that game's intro. Like the intro video that plays where uh, Patrick Stewart's like, Oh, I do like the intro Close video. shut too. the jaws of oblivion. And then the music fucking starts <laughs> <Yeah>. swelling. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. And then it does that flyover of the of the Imperial City too, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's playing the music. Yeah, that intro is really good too. I've said it before, but I think Zoriva has one of the best intro sequences in terms of setting up a story, visuals and that kind of stuff. But it's not playable. In terms of playability, I think... Metal Gear Solid 2's tanker sequence is pretty fantastic. I think that contained mm. sequence, the whole tanker, is one of the best stealth games in itself of all time. I just love it so much. And I remember getting a demo of it before the game come, came out, and I must have put 150 hours into that demo um, wow. easily. And it is, and it was so good. It was ben, Watching Ben Jenka play that demo... He shows you like all the because he's he's done the same thing where he said he played it like a billion times. He'll go in and he'll be like, I'm going to show you all the little tricks and like techniques mm -hmm. and like things you can do. And, and the, it blows my mind how much the, little details they put in that. The biggest game. crowd pleaser when you're showing someone off that section is towards the end where there's like a series of rooms that is just filled with enemies, enemy soldiers listening to yes. a briefing that's over being projected on a wall. But it's like, 60 enemies per room all lined up and if you know exactly how to you can basically creep up behind very specific enemies and hold them up and then make them give you an item and then knock them out without anyone else in the room seeing you and you just do that and when you do that you're like oh my god what is happening this is wild because you're just surrounded by enemies um <laughs> it's fascinating i guess like on the topic of stealth games too the lighthouse mission the first mission in chaos theory mm. uh, i was super impressed by when i first played because I, I think there was such a huge jump between pandora tomorrow and chaos theory in terms of graphics and gameplay and all that stuff and when you get there and there's like this thunderstorm and rain's pouring down and you're on the beach as sam fisher and it's just like oh man this is this is i'm in i'm in for a game mm. for a ride um i i would say 
My brain doesn't really remember these kinds of things. So the my favorite opening sequences are when I get to assign stat points to my character. <laughs> <laughs> so I played the intro to like I played the beginning of Kotor so many times because I just liked specking oh. my character basically. That's a really boring answer, but that's my answer. I mean, I like doing that too. Hmm. Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all have that as well. I I also really liked Control's opening. I think it's like really cinematic. Yeah. Controls is good. All right. Next question here from Didi, also from Discord. Can we pretend E3 is going to happen this year? What are your predictions by conferences? Microsoft, Warner Bros., Ubisoft, Nintendo, and Square. Was Warner Bros. supposed to have one? Supposedly. Wasn't that uh, like a thing? I... Or, I don't know. I figure <laughs> it could take a while for all of us to go through our predictions on each of them. So maybe I'll just... We'll start with Microsoft. Callie, do you want to do you want to do Microsoft predictions? This is so hard for me because I just can't even. I, I have a hard time pretending, but I guess Halo. I mean, yeah, that's gonna be <laughs> that would be there. That's bound to be there. A Halo, a Series X, Series X stuff. Fable. Fable. Fable is the one that I'd I'd hitch my wagon to. That will show up this year if if. Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft is presumably going to have some sort of event around E3. Um, I imagine we'll see a new f- Fable. Forza? If, if uh, I guess, yeah, the Turn 10 could do Forza if Playground is as rumored making Fable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, those simulation Fables, Fables, uh, Forzas are not my cup of tea. Yeah, I'd be more excited for Fable. Um, I think we'll probably get to see a little more of Senua's Sacrifice. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and then whatever that new game Obsidian is working on that isn't the kind of shrunk the kids. No, no, there's another game that they're working on. And it's not been officially revealed other than Major Nelson. Shout out to the Major. Um tweeting at someone else being like oh that game that obsidian's making pretty cool right and then the other person going yes the game is cool i can't wait till others see it <laughs> and you're like you, you two both need to grow up <laughs> i wonder how many papers they had to sign just to do that yeah, like... to do that but yeah they, they are rumored to be working on another big game which i hope is alpha protocol too it's not Alpha Protocol 2. Yeah, it's no <laughs> Alpha Protocol Absolutely 2. No oh my God. That would be... Wow. <laughs> I'd, I'd be here for it. Yeah, same. That game, that's a, that game had a lot of cool ideas uh, that was not executed great, but yeah. I'd like to see um, that game get a second chance. All right. Well, what about Warner Bros? Batman. Batman. What you else do they the have? Batman game they teased like eight months ago. Oh my God. Batman game. Well, I I would say there'd probably be a game from Montreal, mm-hmm. and there'd probably be a game from Rocksteady, um, because their timelines kind of are now aligning for that. I imagine there would be a Traveler's Tales Lego game. Well, the uh, Star Wars one's right. not out yet. That like mm-hmm. open world that Star big Wars one. one. Yeah. Um, and then. I don't know, maybe this is too many, but like that Harry Potter game 
the uh, gears of gears of power. <laughs> gears of power. Yeah. Uh, what about like uh, injustice or something from? I think when, when was the last Mortal Kombat game? I think last we are year? due an injustice, but I think the plan was to support for support MK11 for longer. Okay. Um, that might mean they skip a year, but. I definitely think there'll be another Injustice because that series just does too well and it's like a whenever they release a new one it lets DC fire up a new comic kind of um, uh, because the comics tied to that franchise are always doing super well and they're always putting big talent behind it um, the comic series that ties into Injustice is actually very very good um, so I imagine they want more of that going forward Ubisoft Splinter Cell of course Oh yeah, undoubtedly. New Splinter Cell game. When? Uh, Watch when Dogs. Yeah, I was gonna say when is Watch Dogs supposed to come out? Uh, wasn't that originally like March? Original like way yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, this was coming March. Got delayed till. I don't remember. I don't know if it has a new date. Let me see. Well, they recently talked about they will delay it. I think they said they will delay it further if, or they they're willing to delay some games if the consoles shift, um, which is like. Yeah, obviously, you're not going to release a game into yeah. a world where a console that can't play it exists. Right. Um, but yeah, Ubisoft, uh, we're due an AC. We are, um, yeah, uh, Watch Dogs, probably. Uh, I don't think they'd have Far Cry in there as well right now. I think AC and Watch Dogs are probably the ones that they have side by side. And then they have... What was that roller derby game called? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, what is that called? I forget. Rocket League Roller Derby. Um, they have that coming. Uh, and then, I don't know. I kind of, I wouldn't put it past them to put out a Mario Rabbids sequel. Mm. I feel like that did well enough that they would be like, eh, let's do it again. Yeah. And then probably one of their weird, like, uh, RTS games that no one thinks about. Oh, um, interesting. I know. I know. I mean, yeah. The, the, I feel like in the past, Ubisoft they they're always the ones who hit like console watches really hard. Like they always mm-hmm. have all their games are always on like next gen stuff. So I feel like yeah, they'll probably just hit the big the big stuff like Tam said, Just Dance and whatnot. How many yeah. more years do you think they'll keep releasing Just Dance on Wii? Uh, till no one buys it anymore until then. okay that's fair yeah. <laughs> till nursing homes stop existing <laughs> uh okay nintendo Ooh. Um, uh, i don't know if it will but i'd like to hear something about bayonetta 3 yeah breath of the wild 2 for sure metroid prime 4 i hope so yeah, where is it and uh, I don't know if they would dedicate E3 to this, but I want to hear more about um, potential like re-releases on Switch, like Metroid Prime Trilogy Remaster, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, there was that rumor also of all the Mario games coming out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There is a recent thing I think too about that. Like like yeah, yeah. they were going to put out they're making land or something. Sixty four and yeah. Sunshine and. That kind of business. Mario Sunshine is not good. 
I liked it. I tried replaying it a couple of years ago. I, I admittedly did stop. It hit a point where I was like, yeah. okay, I don't want to play anymore. So maybe that is a sign that it's not. <laughs> but what I did play, I, I didn't I didn't enjoy it. What were you saying, Kevin? Oh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, the Pokemon DLC. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes they do stuff for games that are coming out a little bit sooner. Like they had a Fire Emblem had a three an E three presence, and um, the Crown Tundra expansion for Sword and Shield isn't coming out until winter ish. So, did they, did they say whether they're done with Fire Emblem now? Oh, I think they've released all of the like stuff you could get from the expansion pass. Right. I don't know if they're doing another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they I, could do a, a bit more with Fire Emblem, like a big expansion. I could see that, or I could see them doing another Fire Emblem game. Because um, I know it's pretty soon, but like that engine, they, they've built that engine. They've already made mm. three houses. And I feel like on DS, Fire Emblem games came out semi-regularly, maybe-ish. Mm. No, I guess not that regularly. But I, I don't know. I, I could see. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Or... They could do a re-release of Awakening on Switch. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Oh, I would you be well into that. that. You know people would buy yeah. that. Everyone, I would buy that. And I I already own it on a perfectly functioning 3DS. <laughs> I, yeah, I bought my 3DS with me to this country just because it's got a Fire Emblem on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I left my 3DS at my apartment, unfortunately. <laughs> hate to see it yep all right um, last one square I know, still <laughs> I know i what's that one platinum game that they announced last e3 or whatever that was supposed to come was out it? oh i forget what it was called oh, i, I know the only yeah. reason i remember is because michael still talks about it whenever he can even yeah. though they've shown like nothing except for a trailer yeah i think I avengers will called. be their big game yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, they'll have that near replicant remake, I imagine. Oh, yeah. That they announced recently. Um, I bet you there'll be another big near game fairly soon. Um, I mean, maybe this is it, but I feel like they're gonna try and do a full-on new entry in the near franchise because near is popular now. What a world we live in. <laughs> um, uh, Tomb Raider. It's been a while since Shadow of the Tomb Raider, right? 2017. I, I, I feel like they'll give it a break. Yeah, I think they're done with that for a bit. Which is a shame. Because mm. I'd be far more interested in... Personally, I'm more interested in more Tomb Raider than I would be for this Avengers game. Wow. I'm sorry. I just It does not interest me at all. <laughs> Same. Yeah, not at all. The, the, the second it was like, oh, this is kind of like a Destiny thing, huh? I was like, I don't... I don't know. Well, it has a, I'll save my it, thoughts it has, on that. Yeah, it has its own distinct, <laughs> apparently, it has its own distinct uh, campaign with a story, and it's got Miss Marvel in it, and I love Miss Marvel. So I'm willing to give I it hope a it's shot. Great. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I hope it's great, but Hopefully let's just say some, I wouldn't be as excited. Yeah. Put some uh, souls back into those superhero eyes, though, because yo. <laughs> uh, all right. Any, any last-minute predictions you might have in any of these that you want to throw out there before we move on did we talk about microsoft or yeah we we did it first sorry Didi, that i i can't be more enthusiastic (laughs) 
It's, hard it's, to... also, it's also April, so I'm just like, oh no, too soon. Mm. <laughs> Do we have PlayStation? We haven't done PlayStation. I think PlayStation well, was left out just because they're not at E3 normally, mm. or at least they haven't been, but we can talk about some PlayStation predictions quickly. Bloodborne 2, right? I have a feeling they might talk about the PlayStation 5 soon. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, ah, it's, it's so weird because wasn't didn't I don't think it was but like someone was saying that the like they they originally had like a grander plan for revealing like the controller and hmm. then they just did like a weird blog post about it. Yeah, like, so there was a Bloomberg report that mentioned that their plans have been a bit scarpered because of what's happening. Um, and based on that, there is kind of like some indication that um, I've just noticed that XCOM Chimera <laughs> know, thing. Know, when did you scream? How did you do that? <laughs> when did you Photoshop that? Uh, oh, during, the, uh, <laughs> during some of the questions. Okay. <laughs> just, tweet, just tweet that out later. Um, but yeah, I, I think because of that, there's some implications that there are going to be more announcements. I think at the very least, they'll have something because we need to know more about Horizon coming to PC and that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. Herman Holst, I believe it was Horizon, wasn't it? Yeah, Herman Holst mentioned that. Um, and off the back of that, I, I'm pretty sure that... Oh, I'm convinced that the reason they're doing that is to drum up interest in a second Horizon game. It would be foolish of them not to put out another one of those games and having it timed so it's like an early slash launch playstation 5 title seems just like the smartest and Mm. the best way to get that console off to a good start on a strong like footing um so i imagine we'll see that they still need to re-message some stuff around the last of us just to assuage fears and give people a reminder that it's a game that's coming out um so i think they'll do that as well um they'll probably they're definitely going to show off the console itself soon i imagine like sony is a little more inclined to get involved with whatever e3 has become now just because it's not e3 anymore um the sony kind of part of it them backing away from it was a little to do with like behind the scenes esa stuff as well and now that esa is basically falling apart and e3 doesn't really exist i and the timing necessitates it i reckon they'll be around whatever the e3 style um shenanigans that happen are uh so i think we'll see playstation soon horizon 2 yeah what are the odds that horizon 2 is a ps5 launch title or something like that oh i don't know about that feels too Uh, early does it i think i think think it's there i think horizon 1 came out in 2016 yeah yeah I think it will be. Um, I'm not saying that because I know things, but it's just it's just <laughs> yeah. a gut feeling. I think at least um, launch window, and like I feel yeah. like a Horizon game would be perfect for a launch of new console because I mean, knowing Guerrilla Games, they're gonna make that make it look as beautiful as possible. They want to put mm. something really shiny and polished on that new console. The only thing that the only reason I'd question it is because the original Horizon Horizon Zero Dawn was very ambitious, and I feel like a lot of launch titles tend to be scaled back a little bit in order to hit that release date um so that's why maybe launch window seems a little more reasonable for me but i think i think there will also be like a concerted effort to do like a almost package up playstation 4 games that are high profile 
and present them as like best on PlayStation 5 or like improved for PlayStation 5, even if it's like small updates like Death Stranding, better loading times, you know, Bloodborne, improved more textures, Bloodborne, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Bloodborne, 60 frames per second. Um, and then, you know, you know, various other Spider-Man is now has got, you know, a tech demo we showed everyone about the city loading in fast. You can play it yourself. <sighs> Um, and then there's a f- other few things on the side that have a lot of potential. Um, Bluepoint is supposedly making a new game. I'm holding, oh, yes. my, uh, holding out hope it's a Demon Souls remake, but that studio, I think, has been biding its time to make something of its own. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they announced like, a remake and or their own new IP. Yeah, because um, they said they, they're doing a big a big remake as well, right? Yeah, yeah. But I also feel like they've been building up to like, hey, we can make our own games too, you know. I'm a real boy. <laughs> um, that'd be cool. I'd love for them to do that. That'd be, that'd be um, awesome. Yeah, and they've certainly earned it. I'd love it if the game was just like a stitch together of different parts from all the games they've remade. <laughs> so like <laughs> the Metal Gear uh, Solid 3. Yeah, it's, uh, or... it's a snake, and his job is to defeat the Colossi. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> And watch out for Titans falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, um, Jean-Luc, do you want to read this last question? Yes. It's a bit uh, long. Hi, After Dark crew. I hope you all are keeping well. You all have gotten numerous questions about how to become a writer for GameSpot. I would like to know what it takes to become part of the video team and what you all look for in uh, potential interns or hires. I've been in university for film editing, and I'm about to graduate. I'm scared shitless, like most kids graduating right now are. Sorry for the dangling. Uh, Participle. Participle. Don't worry I about can't. Nobody cares about those. Uh, I recently made an analysis-style video uh, for my games and narrative class on Dune 2016. It's not great, but I had a lot of fun working on it. And now I'm working on a video uh, for a game called Refunct. Uh, I just finished my senior thesis film, but I just want to work with games footage. Uh, what do you look for in someone who wants to join the team as an editor, uh, who also definitely uh, works in other areas as well? Everyone says this, and I won't be the last, but what would be a dream come true? Uh, uh, oh, but it would be a dream come true to work with you, uh, to work for you. Oh, uh, Y'all are the best. Thanks for doing the uh, podcast, even with all this shit. It's a real treat to have you now. Uh, and shout out to my top three favorite people, Tam, Michael, and Callie. Y'all what? are the real ones. All right, well, Hello? I don't. <laughs> What's happening? All right, well, I refuse to answer this question now because I was not mentioned. Sean Luke, you're one of my favorite people, as are you, Jake. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so we've had similar questions mm-hmm. before about writing, as he mentions. Oh, uh, I should say this then- Adam. Oh, did I not say Adam? Sorry, Adam. Oh, it's from Adam. Uh, We've had some questions before about writing, and then we've had someone has asked this question, but Danny was on, John Luke wasn't on, um, and I talked a little bit about it, so I kind of wanted to get John Luke's take on it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, the big thing I I always think about is is sort of just your, your willingness to put yourself out there and and just make stuff like i mean it 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 can be it can absolutely be like really difficult to um 
make stuff on the side uh, if you know you have a full time job and you work in school. But I would really say like finding that time to um, make videos, even if they're not good, like it doesn't matter. Like what matters is that you're you're putting an effort and you're improving and you're learning. Um, you know, I started a YouTube channel with my buddies. We you know we're like streaming on twitch we did uh like a live show we did uh on cam stuff we basically just were like we'll do everything we will do as much as possible and i think as you do that you kind of like develop your not only develop your skills but i think you kind of like start to figure out what what you're good at and like then you start honing those skills uh yeah i would i would just say it's, it's really all about just putting yourself out there learn, learn uh i mean for me like the, the the thing that got me this job was that i knew how to use a tricaster which is a uh edit like a live broadcasting software um not to say that i didn't have other skills but that was kind of like the big thing on my portfolio that that kind of gave me a i guess an advantage over other people um so learn just learn as many skills as possible learn unique skills give yourself something uh give basically like put something on your resume that like makes you valuable above another person. Cause I think if I was just somebody who edited videos on YouTube, like I, I wouldn't have stood out as much as other people. And I think it's because I like put in that extra effort to like learn a more niche software, like uh like, like the TriCaster that, that gave me an advantage. Um, yeah. We love <laughs> what is going it. on? I know, if you, whatever you do, make sure you learn on a camera that doesn't overheat and turn off. <laughs> yes, don't do that. Uh, this camera is actually very nice. Uh, it's a Sony, floor, though. a Sony A7 III, and like I, I gotta defend it because whenever it dies on stream or something like that, people are like, "Tell us never to buy that. Let us know what camera that is. So we never buy." It. And I'm like, "This is actually a phenomenal camera. The issue is that it's not meant to be on for long periods of time." Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean. Pretty much what John Luke said. I think the biggest thing is figure out what you want to do and keep at it. Uh, like a YouTube channel is a good place to start just because everyone's very familiar with YouTube. You can make videos, post them regularly, and then it's easy to share with uh, w with potential uh, hirers, employers, employers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> I would also just uh, add that in general, um, you know, nobody starts out doing like the cool, like no idea starts out like the coolest, best idea. So like being able to workshop an idea, I think yeah. on our video team being creative and coming up with um, creative ways to cover video games specifically for the video format is really important. Um, but sometimes, I mean, we've all had to do this. Sometimes you just have to do you know, the basic plug and play story or the basic plug and play video and show that you can do the simple things really, really well. So that's another thing I would say for anybody who wants to get into this industry is make sure you can do the basics super, super well, because you'll never be able to go beyond those things if you can't cut a video together yeah. basically properly or put a sentence together properly. Sort of also adjacent to that is, is like, don't worry too much about, um, like how much like the quality of the tech you have like i i think it's really easy to fall down a trap of like well i have to have a really high quality camera i have to have like a really good microphone i have to get like the best capture card like 
that that doesn't matter at the beginning because I think you can fall into that trap and then you can feel like, well, I just need to wait until I get like the right equipment to make stuff. Like you can make stuff on like a webcam, you can make stuff on your phone, you can make stuff um just with like a basic mic. Like I just start making stuff with what you have and then go from there. Like I used to I used to record videos, video game footage off of like Oh my god, I don't even basically it was like a uh I would plug the console directly into this like device that would record DVDs. And mm-hmm. so I had to like and then it would it would record on a small window in the device like cuz my dad just happened to have this. And so I would like sit there like hunched over with this like tiny little box and I would like play games like that. Uh just so that I could capture footage because I didn't have cuz this was like before commercial capture cards were a thing. And like that is, and then I would like take the DVD and I would like put it in my computer and like offload the footage. And that's how I would record game footage. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So just like find what you have uh, and just get out there and and make it like, I I definitely do not stress like having the, the, the best equipment. Like I, I used to be like that where I would fall into that trap and it it just prevents you from making stuff. Yeah. To to Jean-Luc's point too. I feel like one of the things that, a lot of people don't really think about when they want to make videos about games or whatever it might be is they don't really think about voiceover and like i personally like i am way more interested in a video if the person sounds excited and their voiceover is good as opposed to someone who's got a really nice setup doing voiceover but it sounds flat mm. voiceover is something that's very hard to do and it's something that you can't just watch a video on and learn it's something you have to practice a lot and it's something that I still, after five years of doing it, I don't think I'm that good at and I have been trying Same. so hard to get better and better at. So it's one of those things that like, like with voiceover especially, don't wait until you have good equipment. Just start doing it now because good VO can take you so much further than nice equipment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, practice, practice. shout out, Adam. <laughs> I was going to say like practice VO as much as you can. Like don't like I I think I struggle with it a lot because I only started doing VO when it was necessary. As in like I never considered VO as a thing that I wouldn't need to do ever because I was always trying to be a writer. And now the times when I do VO or it used to be the times where I do VO is like, oh, you need to VO your feature or VO this review that you wrote. And then as I've started to like do more of it, now I just do it for fun and practice, like without recording, just so I can get used to get speaking in that way i'm still very bad at it but it's it's a work in progress um yeah. i've been doing vo since the beginning of my career so like i never want to go back and listening listen to those early video reviews i did because like i you know it's some, it's something that you just like it's so hard to just be like naturally good mm. at it really does take a lot of practice and i also still feel like i'm not very good at it you can watch our videos by like a lot of the people that do it on our team are super good. Like, so if you need some kind of like examples, just watch, watch a lot of those videos that we make. All right. I will say one last thing is something that I love about GameSpot um, that you don't get at every outlet is we have a lot of peer editing and that extends from editorial to video. Um, and I, th- I thought of this because we do have people who are helping us with our VO. Like if I, if tomorrow or I normally when we're in the office, if we go in to the VO booth, John Luke or Jake or another video producer is going to be in there with us, who, catching our mistakes, asking us to retake lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so enlisting the help of a friend to just go over your work with you um, 
can be a really helpful process in my experience. Like peer editing has been one of my favorite things about working at GameSpot um, because you just learn something from being the editor and from being the the receiver of that constructive criticism. Um, so like having somebody check out your reel or having somebody like, hey, how, like, hey, I did like a minute of voiceover, like, do I sound weird? Like, do I sound natural? You know, like, mm. just have somebody that you trust to give you that feedback. Cause I think that's something people really struggle with when they're starting out is not really having anyone to get, to get feedback from. Yeah. yeah and if you, do, if you do want to share your work, uh, somewhere and you want feedback, I, I'm plugging it again. You should join the GameSpot Discord server yeah. because you've got a little promo channel where people have been sharing videos they've made, streams they do. Uh, and a lot of us have gone through and checked out a lot of those videos and whatnot. Um, so I, shameless plug, but join the GameSpot Discord server. Uh, speaking of shameless plugs, though, where can we find you guys on Twitter? Callie, do you want to start? You can find me on Twitter at Inkydojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. I haven't been tweeting a lot because time isn't real and I forget about tweeting. <laughs> but um, I post a lot of like our Animal Crossing uh, content as we do it. Um, I'm really excited because John Luke made a handy infographic for our Animal Crossing fish guide that I am obsessed with. I think he did such a good job <laughs> oh, thank you. to help you identify the size of a fish. Um, and so by the time this podcast is up, our fish guide will have like a special new upgrade um, so that's the kind of stuff you will find for me on Twitter right now. Maybe a cool screenshot or two from my game. That's me. <laughs> How about you, Jean-Luc? Uh, you can find me at Jean-Luc Seipke. Uh, my big thing I got going up is the Resident Evil thing I mentioned earlier. It's going to be, I, I replayed the game and I kind of dived into uh, a couple of the big things that I would like to to see them to do with that game if they if they do, in fact, remake it. Uh, at some point and yeah so look forward to that and tomorrow uh i'm on twitter at tomorrow h um i'll plug a bunch of things uh nothing really of my own but i know it's just a bunch of things that we're making we have a we now have a daily news show um that mm. appears on gamespot.com and also on youtube you can find it on this very channel if you're watching the video version um it's called safe state um daily news roundup hosted by a bunch of people from gamespot um I think the first episode's from Lucy, second episode's from Chastity, um, but you can probably expect to see some other familiar faces. Those will be daily, um, probably end of the day PT, um, but we make it so that the content is relevant and it's just a quick way to catch up on what's happened in the day. And then we have Good News Gaming, which is a show that Lucy launched, which is kind of like the fun stuff that happens on Fridays. Uh, there's a new episode of True Fiction out that Kurt did, which has got all about Fargo, and it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, check that stuff out. Um, that's pretty much it. Cool. And then you can find me at Jacob Deck. And like I said, my Fallout video should be up now. So if you're curious about giving Fallout another shot, you can check that video out. Other than that, uh, I'm cutting some video reviews that are coming up soon. So be on the lookout for that if you're curious about, well, Gears Tactics already talked about, and then another game which we're re-reviewing, which should be a fun one. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's it. That's GameSpot After Dark, episode 38. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.